Well, markets continue to be pulled in all directions. The US dollar is losing out to the yen and the Swiss franc, but equities are pushing ahead to new highs. The Aussie and Kiwi dollars also doing exceedingly well. We've got a mixed picture on bond yields as central banks around the world have different ideas on what to do next to cope with inflation. One central banker might even be leaving for that very reason, perhaps. And even the certainty of a Bank of England rate rise might be losing some of its momentum as inflation hits a lower than expected number and COVID numbers are starting to surge higher. Yep, it's still out there. It's Thursday, the 21st of October, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, we've got a slight fall in the US dollar. The Aussie dollar is up 0.6%, over 75 US cents now. I think this is for the first time since July. It's been that high. The New Zealand dollar is up 0.7%. It's over 72 US cents now, again, for the first time since June. Uh, the pound is up 0.2%. The euro up a little less than that. The US dollar has lost a little to the yen and about a quarter to the Swiss franc, quarter percent to the Swiss franc. That might suggest caution, but then look at equities. The Dow up almost half a percent, hitting a new record today. The S&P 500 up 0.3%, although the Nasdaq is losing a little this morning and shares only marginally up in Europe. On bonds, 10-year treasuries are flat. Uh, but they are down across Europe, European bonds, two basis points off 10-year bonds in Germany. The same for UK gilt yields too, whilst Aussie 10 years were up nine basis points to 1.8% yesterday. In fact, uh, they got up to 1.86% before they started drifting down. Uh, and oil still higher, three quarters of 1% added to WTI, still below $84 though, although half a percent on Brent, that's up to 85.47. And Bitcoin reaching an all-time high, almost hitting 67,000 US dollars. This time last year, it was 12,000. Does that make any sense to you? I wonder if it makes any sense to David DeGarris from now in London. Maybe we should uh, sidestep Bitcoin, Dave, because it's a confusion to everybody, I think, isn't it? But what I'm also confused about is... Uh, if you look at the you know the, the direction of the dollar, particularly you know with with money moving to to, to the end in the Swiss franc, you'd think that was uh, you know that that's a sign of of caution in the air. But then look at equities; they're as strong as anything. Yeah, yeah, and you're right, Phil. I mean, um, and look at where the Aussie is, mm. you know, the Kiwi and so forth. They're flying, right? Yeah. So you'd normally expect stock markets to be super strong around the world, and and it is true that the VIX has just been sort of going nowhere, so that that is certainly true. But uh, there's a lot of cross-currents, aren't there, in the markets right now? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're seeing, are we seeing a bit of a clean-out in the US dollar? We've seen bond markets quite um, choppy, haven't we, uh, already this week? You know, big movements, particularly at the front end of the curves, you right. know, kicking off at the start of the week with those comments from uh, the Bank of England governor and um, a little bit more, news on that front today, which so, we'll delve into in a couple of minutes. So but, it's not um, just me that's confused. Everyone's confused. Is that what you're saying? Well, I thought you were going to you were going to tell me the answers, right? Isn't that the way this thing is supposed to <laughs> no, work? No, no. When we started, do you remember I was just the host and you guys were the experts? <laughs> you're supposed to tell me. Oh, but, but I mean, oh. I, I think everyone's confused at the moment. I mean, and yet, you know, there, obviously the reason equities are doing okay is because we're seeing quite good earnings results. So Netflix. Of course. Netflix. Well, it was a bit of a damp squid after all, wasn't it? After yesterday's headline, because their share price is down 2.3%, even though they're subscribed numbers are better than expected yes. but i think for you know there must be for for, for companies that inflation must be a big concern i mean i would have thought for netflix for example they'd be worried right now about putting their prices up because i should imagine it's quite a you know the elasticity of demand for pay tv when there's so many services around but every business must be looking at that now and thinking oh you know we can't have the uh, you know to, to expect any gains because we're going to have to swallow margin well it's an interesting point you raised there phil because i was just reading through um 
<clears throat> the Fed's beige book, which has been released in the past hour. So it's the qualitative mm. um, report of what's happening across the US, particularly what's happening on the employment and wages and prices side. And, uh, you know, the report talks about, you know, significantly elevated prices, rising demand, raw material shortages, uh, widespread reports of rising input, input costs. And the thing that really caught my eye was the fact that uh, businesses are able to pass cost rises on because demand is quite resilient. So mm. that plus the fact that, that wages are moving in the US and just reading today, Phil, that uh, Amazon has been um, – uh, advertising for a new starters to join the firm at $18 an hour. And that was $17 last year and $15 uh, three years ago. So, and, and people are already talking about the Amazon effect, you know, because that, of course, draws workers from other businesses actually or potentially. So, dragging up other wages, which is probably a good thing for people on the lower in- income scale for sure. But, um, does add to those wage pressures, but it, but if wages go up and prices go up generally, and it's and then it all settles down again, then yes. you know, relatively speaking, you might find that you know, okay, the, yes. the lower income end is a little bit better off as you yes. come out the other end, but which is a good thing, yes. obviously. But generally, you know, we're, we're we're almost back where we started from, and, and and so actually, action by central banks might seem a bit premature. If I mean, because we, we do get back Indeed. to the transitory argument, don't we? Well, well that, that's the that's the $64,000 question. It may well attract. We know there are a lot of people who have left the workforce temporarily or permanently, you know, during the pandemic, and that's probably been true for most of the advanced economies. The question is, will these sorts of wage rises attract more people back into the workforce? And will we see the participation rate mm. go up and employment to popula- population ratios begin to rise? And if that happens then what you're saying about temporary is probably right. Now, we won't know the answer, answer to that for at least, I would have thought, six to 12 months. What, what does the central bank do in those circumstances? Does it act early and judiciously? In other words, lesser moves in rates or risk inflation and wages mm. carrying on for longer and then having a tougher job on their hands and having to increase rates further down the track. Well, Randall Qualls, if I've got his name right, the the latest Fed speaker, he's saying uh, that no, more time's needed before they can even think about raising rates. He's one who's uh, willing to wait and see what happens. We should. Uh, well, what, this, what if he's got Andrew Bailey's phone number? Could give him a call. <laughs> they could ex- exchange notes. Yes. Well, I think it, it's uh, there are quite divergent views, aren't there, in, mm. in various central banks about this, and and it's quite understandable, right? So, I mean, the Reserve Bank has sort of made of Australia has made its view clear that it thinks that Australian wage and inflation dynamics are different from the rest of the world. That remains to be seen, of course. But you've got quite divergent views within the ECB within the Bank of England and, of course, within the Fed as well, as we know. So what's happening with bonds then? Because we know that the US dollar seems to be in a bit of a losing streak at the moment. We know equities seem to be holding up pretty well. We had a bond auction this morning that didn't go too too well, for I think, for 20-year auction, uh, for 20-year bonds. Mm. The bid-to-cover ratio was uh, 2.25, well below 2.36 last time, and that 2.36 was the average for the last six auctions. Yes, yes. Well, um, you know, we do see these things from time to time, but there's been particularly a lot of price action at the front end of those curves, Mm. Phil. And one curve that I've been looking at today has been the Bank of England curve. So when I came in this morning, you know, when you think that the current bank rate, you know, the the targeted interest rate from the Bank of England, which is currently 0.1%, 
was over uh, 1.2% in, in a year's time. You know, that's the market pricing in more than 1% over the next 12 months. Pretty aggressive view. Now, you know, two things have happened today that the UK has published their September CPI report. And the other thing that's caught the market's attention, I think, has been the, fo- the refocus on infection and well, uh, hospital admission numbers in the UK. Let me give you numbers on that, because I find these are a bit scary. So the daily fatili- fati- fatality rate is up 21% in a week. So 954 people have died over the last week in the UK from COVID. Over 47,000 people are testing positive each day. That's up 17% in a week. Hospital admissions mm. are up 11% in a week, even though 79% of all those age 12 plus have been vaccinated. So COVID still very much a risk and of course you know it's been a fairly mild autumn there mm. uh, you know they've got to face the worst of winter yet yeah well you've had the NHS Confederation Phil which is a group of NHS organisations calling for the government to enact plan B mm. so um, and also to outline what they think should be a plan C um, now even the, even the Chief Medical Officer of England, Chris Whitty, is calling for people to quickly get your vaccinations, get your booster shots when required and do the right things in terms of washing your hands and masks and, and those sorts of things. But the government, at least the Business Secretary, um, quasi quieting, saying that, um, you know, we're looking at the data, um, but at the moment um, we think that the current course is, is the right one. So mm. I think, you know, we hope that that is right, but um, the numbers uh, sort of um, just become certainly on the radar as far as the market is concerned. I think that played into Bank of England pricing today. So we've seen some of that pricing wound back, particularly not just the CPI, which was a tenth lower than expected. And, yeah. there's, of course, there's more price rises on the way, as we know. Mm. Um, but also the um, the rising infection rate. Yeah, not looking good. Is I hope you're still wearing your hazmat suit when you go out there uh, uh, in in the centre of London. Uh, look, uh, we also had CPI numbers for Canada. They went a bit the other way, didn't they? They were higher than anticipated. There's a, of course a meeting yes. of the Bank of Canada next week, so that might heighten expectations. Uh, rather than uh, loosening expectations, they they might be pushing on with tapering and uh, many more rate hikes next year, perhaps. Well, I think you know the. Canada has been quite successful in increasing its vaccination rate, one of the highest in the OECD. Mm. So they're able to open their economy quite confidently and, of course, facing a lot of those supply-side issues. And, of course, they're already on that journey of higher rates now. So, as you said, inflation, you know, tweaked a bit higher there. So just adding a little bit more to that concern. Well, adding to inflation everywhere, oil surging even higher, although it's pretty choppy, isn't it? I mean, oil, what happened today? Oil fell to uh, 81.3 US dollars. It almost looks like a flash crash that happened early in the day. Then it uh, was up to 84 uh, in just a a few hours after that. Uh, There's been a a, a bigger than expected draw on inventory. So, I mean, that obviously means there's more demand than anticipated. Therefore, oil goes up. Well, I, I think underlying all this is is the supply side and the worries about shortages of energy across the board, and that seems to be not so much in the US, but um, in you know in Asia, in Europe, as as we well know. So, yeah, as you said, Brent is uh, only trading just a little bit below eighty six dollars a barrel, and still going higher. One reason why inflation will push a bit higher from here. So, the UK inflation rate, which is um, percent very very likely to hit four percent quite conservatively by the end of the year, possibly a bit higher than that. 
Yeah. All right. Three things I want to cover very quickly. We've only got three minutes. So uh, sort of like one line answers to each of these. We've got a, a change yes. happening at the top of the Bundesbank. Jens Weidmann, who's uh, headed it up for a decade or so, is stepping down, supposedly for personal reasons. Uh, but we also know he's not a big supporter of the ECB stimulus program. So I wonder whether these for personal reasons or whether, uh, you know, he's got fears about what might happen with inflation and he doesn't want to be part of, uh, of the ECB response to it. Uh, well, the only thing I'd add there, Phil, is, of course, that he's there to... The end of the year, and uh, he's going to be there at that important meeting in December when they discuss the future of the PEP. So um, no prizes for guessing which way he'll be arguing on no, that day. Absolutely. Evergrande, uh, looks like they've, they're they going to default on their 30-day grace period. Uh, talks for a buyer have fallen through. They are supposedly going to return to share trading today. So what happens next on that? Well, I think, you know, this is a work in progress for the Chinese government, isn't it? Mm. So... Um, <clears throat> So I, th- I think that, that that's it. that's going to be in a workout situation, particularly on the activity side, where the Chinese government will do its best to ensure that this doesn't become, um, you know, have, have uh, collateral effects on, on, on the economy. Yeah. And NAB's uh, business confidence uh, numbers out today. We had uh, the residential property survey yesterday that showed uh, growth in house prices might actually be slowing and sales easing. So should we breathe a sigh of relief to that? Or is it just the fact that, you know, there's been people in lockdown? It's, it's not been easy to go and buy a house lately. No, it hasn't. And one of the things in the survey was still the shortage of stock. So mm. certainly the authorities are looking for some easing in house price growth. But it's not clear that that is happening just yet, Phil. Yeah. All right. And uh, look, we have the Philly Fed Business Outlook Survey, existing home sales for the United States as well, consumer confidence for Europe, and those initial jobless claims in the US tonight as well, the, the weekly numbers. Be interesting to see which way they go, but we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Dave. Cheers, Phil. Not a clear direction, is there? Right now, that's for sure. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. Gavin Friend joining me then. See you then. 